Hello, this is Commissioner Frank Avila from the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. So what have we learned about garden gnomes? Let's sum up. First off, they're a very aggressive and invasive species. We've also known that they can overwinter in secluded and protected areas around the landscape. We also know that, it's, that, they, can, that they germinate early in the spring, and that a lot of times it's best to control them in the early spring when they're quite small. There are some mechanical methods we can use for control. We can do some tillage in the fall. We've also seen some promise in some biological controls. Pink flamingos, garden mirrors, small dogs have shown some promise, as well as some chemicals that are now starting to show up on the market for their control. The bottom line is, don't be fooled by their cute nature. They really are a vicious pest. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main. And welcome. Happy New Year. Well, I see what I was going to say is, yeah, I guess we're we're in the new year right now. We were in the old year when we talked to everyone last. That's true, but I feel like... The season just came and went in a blur. Yeah, um, it was so fast, and now I'm I'm back to playing all the stuff, the the usual stuff like shut up, Wesley, and uh, you know, no Christmas stuff, no New Year stuff, no holiday stuff. Uh, I didn't even get around to playing my Hanukkah song uh, when uh, when we were in the mm-hmm. middle of Hanukkah. Well, we it's, could we, always play it later. I could play it today, yeah. maybe. I'm not sure I have it here. I yeah I do. It's I think I'd have to go out to the car to get it. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's okay. I'm moving on because it's a new year. Welcome everybody. And I just feel like okay, we got a clean slate. We're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! I have winter gnomes in my yard. Uh, winter gnomes. Oh, do you? They're overwintering. Yes. Oh my goodness! I have one. Yeah, uh, that's overwintering, and I I'm worried about it in the spring. We'll see what happens. Um, and then this morning I get in the car. No, I put my coat on. I put my coat on, and I reach in the pocket, and I've lost a glove. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not a good I way. That. I hate it when that happens. So um, if anyone's seen a glove somewhere in the greater uh, Chicagoland area. Alan! Alan! <laughs> Alan! Alan! Looking for my glove. Uh, just That was the name of my glove was Alan. And all you're hearing is crickets, right? Uh, and all I'm hearing is crickets. Yeah. And But I, I, I'm thinking in honor of our guests this morning, I should look for a hemp glove because hemp is a wonder Mm -hmm. plant that can be used for so many things. And now it 
you can legally grow hemp across the United States thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill, with the exception of three states, I believe, including South Dakota, where some folks are listening to the mm-hmm. show right now. There's there's uh, kind of some controversy over there. So uh, coming up on this show, we're talking to Liz uh, Rupel, and and I don't know, Liz, is it Rupel or Rappel? Uh, I don't know if she's up there. It is Rupel. Rupel. You had it right. I had it right the first time. Yay, All right. Yes. There, there, there she is on the Zoom machine. Sorry, Andrew. I, I, I threw that at you so quickly. Go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, and you'll get to see Liz on the Facebook machine. Uh, and she's from the Illinois Stewardship Alliance, uh, and we'll be talking about hemp in this state and maybe, you know, mention some other states. Rachel Berry is going to be wandering into the studio in a second. She's a farmer uh, and uh, CEO of the Illinois Hemp Growers Association. It's hemp all the time on the Mike Novak Show, coming up. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your trees. Now is a great time to go to Bartlett.com and see what they can do for you. Did you know that winter's a prime time to have your trees pruned? One of the reasons is that without leaves, the structure of the tree is easier to evaluate. Also, it's a great time to inspect your trees for any visibly hazardous conditions or structural issues. It's also easier now to work around a garden when the ground is frozen. Even during the growing season, Bartlett utilizes the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods to control tree pests, such as beneficial insects to manage the bad insects. And did we mention that Bartlett is the industry leader in safety? Whether it's a small residential project or a major commercial renovation, contact an arborist representative at Bartlett and get a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no-brainer. Your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Open Lands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connections to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from your childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse their collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. That's tree-stories.org. Farm Forward is helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story by working with farmers to build alternatives that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, visit www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter and find out what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. 
All right, get your percussion out. Everybody join along. I left it in the car. Well, you got these. Oh. Yeah. Compost tea smells so sweet. <laughs> sweet in the heat, in the hot, hot heat of summer. Well, we're not. We're far from that. Okay. But it's good to good but, to talk about and look ahead. But a compost heap is always a good thing to have. Hey, I've been uh, feeding the compost heap in my backyard because mm-hmm. it's been warm enough. Oh yeah. So far this uh, this winter, such as it is, or just uh, actually a couple of weeks in the winter. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. About a year ago, almost uh, well, a year and, and and a couple of months ago. Um, we talked with one of the people who's with us right now um, about a new law in Illinois that was going to allow folks to grow hemp, cannabis sativa. And we'll get into the the biological mm-hmm. issue of that in a second. Uh, and so the state and, and then, in, well, of course, before that in 2018, the U.S. government uh, in its farm bill said, hey, you can grow hemp wherever in, in the nation. Um, you know, as uh, as long as your state agrees with that and and other restrictions, uh, and that sort of cleared the way for what was happening in in Illinois and partnered with it, and and, and this is a movement that's been happening in the country that people are beginning to realize that hemp is a, is an important product, and we're being um, outstripped by China um, in in hemp production, and uh, we need to to get ramped up here. So we talked to several people, including Rachel Berry, who's a hemp farmer, and she's in the studio right now. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Mike, and good morning, Peggy. Good morning. Thank you so much uh, for being here to uh, follow up on the year uh, and the conversation we started last year. Uh, Liz Rupel uh, is from the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. She's on the Zoom, I believe, or is that or is that <laughs> Skype, Liz? What did we do? I am on the Zoom machine, as you said, Peggy. <laughs> okay. It is the Zoom machine. Zooming in from Springfield. Uh, uh, yes. Zooming in from Springfield, yes. Uh, and uh, so we're here to take a look at that. We want to – We. I have to tell you that Rachel sent me this uh, cheat sheet of stuff, including links, at really comprehensive. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you <laughs> so much for doing that. I love it when people do my job for me. Um, but then my job is to take that and I have to distill it and and talk about it. And that's where Peggy helps um, because it's it's not a simple matter, uh, is it, Liz Rupel, uh, trying to get hemp growing in the state and the laws and the people are just figuring it out. Can, can you give me sort of um, an overview of how it – went in 28 or sorry 2019 how did how did things go in the state of illinois in regard to uh, growing hemp um well uh, again thank you for having me on um 2019 was quite a year of learning and jumping through hurdles because we were thrown um the department of agriculture's rules and regulations which we had to figure out and then the farm bill hit and those rules and regulations had to be changed to fit what the farm bill was saying. Yeah. And the most important thing was waiting for the rules from the USDA. And so farmers not only had to keep in the know, uh, processors had to keep in the know of what was changing with these rules, but there were weather issues, theft issues, banking, um, just uncertainty of how to really sell directly to the consumer. Um, 
farmers uh, were actually getting duped by bad players in the industry. There were all sorts of issues and um, we can tap into whatever you want to. Um, and then we can try to look on the bright side of things after we <laughs> discuss what those issues are. Well, and, 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 and it's so interesting that you should start by saying all that uh, because Part of what we talked about in 2018, I keep saying 2018, it was 20, no, it was was 2018. It was 2018. 2018. Yeah, you're right. It was 2018. Uh, And last week, week I I started the show by saying we were ending the first decade of the new century, and I thought, no, this was the second decade. I've lost a decade here somewhere. Uh, But you talk about all the problems there were, and a lot of people were looking at this, and it's the title of my blog post about today's show, Cannabis Gold Rush or Bust. A lot of folks thought there was going to be a cannabis gold rush because, hey, everybody needs this hemp. There's markets out there. Let's just throw it in the ground, harvest it, send it send it to the processors, and rake in the CBD cash. CBD is exploding out there. And we will need to get into CBD because that's part of it, too. When you grow hemp... You can use the oils in that for CBD. That's where, uh, however, in Illinois, and it's all complicated by the fact that Illinois just legalized uh, what they call marijuana flower now. Recreational. Recreational, yeah. We we had been legal for medical, and now as of January 1st, yeah, recreational. And people are lined up. And so that's, I think people get confused between what's happening there and the stores having people lined up to, to buy it, and they still are. Days into the new year, people still trying to get their recreational marijuana. But hemp is not recreational marijuana. It's not marijuana at all. Um, who, who wants to start and explain the science? Rachel, maybe I should go to you because you're growing it, right? Yeah, so the CBD variety of hemp is different from recreational cannabis in that CBD flower or um, isolate or any products you make from CBD is low THC, where the recreational cannabis is high THC. Right. And THC is the the chemical that gets you high. All right. It's not in hemp. The problem being that the we're still we still have this hangover from a law passed in 1937 where we decided that uh, that cannabis sativa was an evil plant. All right. And had to be regulated out of existence. Well, of course, that didn't happen. And the Hollywood images that came with it. You know, right. Um, all the um, what. uh um, Reefer Madness. Thank you. Thank you. Reefer Madness. I said it out in the lobby, and and then it just went out of my head here. So here we're still suffering from the hangover of the whole Reefer Madness thing. And that's infected the hemp industry because you guys have to crawl over all of that wreckage to even get start to be able to grow hemp. Part of the problem is they're trying to make sure that there's not too much THC in hemp. Well, if you plant the right seed, you're not going to get too much. You, You can't get high on hemp. All right. It it just can't happen. Um, But still, it's being regulated by governments, by the the federal government and the state government. Right, Rachel? Yes. Okay. Uh, So, Liz, you uh, you were talking about all the different hurdles, and that's that's just one of the hurdles. Um, Mm -hmm. What are farmers finding in terms of growing it? Are they running into trouble when their crops get tested? Um, there were, so this year, the Department of Agriculture did a randomized test. They took basically 10% of the 600 plus growers and tested them. Um, and I think that there were, there were a lot of crops that had to be destroyed because they did go over the threshold, which is 
um, the hemp cannot go over 0.3% THC. And um, the department was very lenient. They tried to work with farmers as much as possible. And we really thank them for, for that uh, throughout this whole process. Um, but they did work with farmers um, to allow them to retest and they tried to prevent as many crops from being destroyed as possible because no one wants to see anything go up in flames or have to be buried with all that work that went into it. Um, but I, I don't have an exact number of who, how many crops did fail this year. I think with um, the reports that are coming out um, from the department, we will have a better idea of maybe how many uh, crops did have to be destroyed. You know, so, uh, let me let me stop you right and, there. And be- I had a question too, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just want to say that there's, uh, in an article that Rachel sent me uh, in the Alton Daily News, uh, let me just read this. Jeff Fulgenzi, CEO of U.S. Hemp Group, grew about four acres of hemp this year. He said there is huge potential, but concerns remain, especially with a limit of 0.3%. That's three-tenths of a percent uh, THC on hemp crops. Crops over that limit must be destroyed. Fulgenzi said the limit needs to be raised. Quote, the notion that I'm a quality hemp farmer at 0.3% THC in my plant, but at 3.5% I have an illegal crop and the worst marijuana in the world that no one wants. So we need a greater threshold, Fulgenzi said. I mean, and, and, and that's kind of the point. This, this, it's, uh, this is me, radio guy speaking. The 0.3% needs to be raised, and it seems almost arbitrary, and it's a silly figure, and yet the government wants to make it even tighter, don't they? They do, yes. Why? Um, that's that's I, nuts. That's crazy. That's going to put that's going to put hemp growers out of business. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, Rachel is the grower, so she can probably talk to this better than I can. But the USDA rules have a strict. 0.3% threshold now. Um, the leniency that we were given by the Department of Agriculture is kind of out the door at this point. But um, one thing that they did add is a measurement of uncertainty. And this is a number that's going to be um, conjured up by the labs that are in Illinois, where these growers are going to have to get their crop tested. And it could mean Rachel as a grower sends in a crop at 0.35% THC. And this measurement of uncertainty, whatever their lab tests or methods um, give, it could mean a plus or minus of 0.2 or 0.6, whatever they come up with. As long as it is under or at 0.3, that means that the crop is okay. But if it goes over that, then that means that it is marijuana and they are going to have to destroy the crop or get it retested. So thankfully there's that measurement, but it's still an uh, arbitrary number. It is. No one likes. Liz, (laughs) it's anti-science is what it is. It's anti-science. The the science tells you that you could go up to 1%. You're not going to get high. Nobody's going to want to smoke that stuff. All right? Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And that would allow many more farmers to have a crop that they can they can they can profit by um uh, rachel why don't tell what, what do you think about all of this well first of all i was going to say you can smoke 
CBD flower. People do really enjoy it. Yeah. And that is the low THC, high CBD That's variety. That's for the therapeutic benefit. Sure. And people, you're not get, yeah, you're not getting the THC benefit. Right. You're getting the CBD but benefit. But people do want to smoke it. That's all I was oh, Okay. To say. All right. You Let still might want to smoke all it. All right. So that I, I, I withdraw that comment, meaning that you're not going to get the high that you get from marijuana by smoking Correct. Uh, the uh, CBD hemp. All right. CB, you know, uh, in one of the the uh, articles I read, they say that hemp is uh, the CBD is sort of an anti high. Basically, it will defeat the high that you get from marijuana. So you literally can't smoke the CBD and get high off of. You get other benefits. The CBD, uh, and usually people take it in the form of oil, right? Often, yes, yeah. yes. All right, sorry. My apologies, but continue. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say, as a grower, you know, we and through the IHGA, we want to see one percent um, total THC. Mm-hmm. That's what we advocate for, and that's what we're going to add. Um, right now, public comments are open um, for these rules, and and that's what we're going to put in our public comment is we want to see one percent. No, is that you commenting as your farm, or is that you commenting as Illinois Hemp Growers? Illinois Hemp Growers Association. Yes. Okay. So you're going to fight for that, but you're you're fighting against the state and the feds. Yes, they they you know there's a lot of um, uh, proof from even other rules um, for hemp that show that they've been really they really listen. They they've been taking these comments into serious mm-hmm. account, and there's a lot of us who want to see this raised to one percent. So if we all get our voices out there, we all make this public comment. You know, it can't hurt. It can only help. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and I found that the article that uh, I was referring to, and it's on my blog. You go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. And uh, when you guys were on in 2018, I found a site called Marijuana and Hemp Myths, all right? Uh, and from that article, this, this uh, passage, the THC levels in industrial hemp are so low that no one could get high from smoking it. Moreover... Hemp contains a relatively high percentage of another cannabinoid, CBD, that actually blocks the marijuana high. Hemp, it turns out, is not only marijuana, it could be called anti-marijuana. And that article uh, was written by David P. West, Ph.D. for the North American Industrial Hemp Council. All right, we're going to talk more about this. This It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. Illinois has become a national leader in solar energy installation, and right now you can save 60 to 70% on installation costs. You want it for your home or business, but you don't know where to start. So give our friends at Albright Solar a call. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions, and we've worked with them for a decade. They're good people, and they know their stuff. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. This 
This is Mike Novak. The song says it's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you're homeless. And I'm Bill Turk. It's hard to know what to do, but you can design a care kit for people in need, something that will do some good in the short run. And I'm Peggy Malecki. The number one item people need is good socks, high-quality wool or thermal. Hats, gloves, and scarves are also important, along with hygiene products like deodorant, body wash, toothbrushes and toothpaste, Band-Aids, lip balm, wet wipes, even nail clippers. Food products can include high-protein snacks, easy-to-open tuna, crackers and peanut butter, applesauce, granola bar, or fruit rolls. And I put everything in a one-gallon Ziploc bag. And if you can, make a connection. Offer a smile or even your first name. And don't forget to include some feminine products, too. You're not changing the world. Just making one person's world a little better for a little while. Oh, boy. Green grass. Green grass. Okay, that's the the only reason I would play Gary Lewis and the Playmakers, uh, or Playboys. Playboys, yeah. Yeah, Playmakers. Uh, Yeah, because it's a song called Green Grass. All right, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show uh, with Peggy Malecki, and we're talking about green grass today. Actually, we're talking about hemp, green hemp. Um, And, boy, if you were listening on Facebook, you got a good education in that last segment, uh, because sometimes we... We, we just keep talking. And uh, I want to get to some of those questions right now. Uh, Peggy, you asked a great question of, of Liz Rupel, who's on the uh, Zoom machine. And by the way, Rachel Berry is in studio with us. Uh, with, with her 100% hemp T-shirt, for those who asked on Facebook. 60%. Or 60%. 60%. Okay, close <laughs> From enough. the cotton blend. All right. From the Illinois Hemp Association. Um, but you were asking, why don't you ask uh, Liz uh, her question? Yeah, so I was asking Liz, we were talking about um, fields being tested samples. Um, and I was asking, is it one portion of the of the crop? Is it the entire crop? How do they decide if the crop passes or if it needs to be destroyed? Sure. So the rules have changed. Um, the USDA rules ask for every field to be, every acre to be sampled. So for folks that have smaller farms, this may not be that much of an issue, but for folks that have um, 100 plus acres, this is going to be a lot more Um, There will be a lot more sampling done, higher costs um, associated with that. And there's a figure that broke it down just so you can have kind of an idea. Um, If Rachel expanded to 170 acres, she could expect at least 109 samples being taken. And that's every acre and every strain that she might be growing. So if several acres had a problem, but the rest of it didn't, do they still destroy the entire crop or just that section? Um, they would just be destroying that section. Uh, farmers do have the chance to retest. Mm-hmm. So if they uh, if they took a sample, which Rachel explained, the top um, eight inches, which is like the top third of a plant, um, if that tested hot, which is going to be over that 0.3% threshold of THC, then a farmer does have the opportunity to have them come out and take a different sample from that same acre just to see if there's a chance that maybe it was just that one plant. All right. And let me say one more time, it's barbaric and anti-science. All right. I just have to tell you now. But my question, Liz, is uh, are those rules, the USDA rules, tougher than the state rules? Uh, how, where, where, how do they match up? Right. Um, I would definitely say that these USDA rules are going to be more strict than our state rules. 
um, the Illinois Department of Agriculture did an incredible job with incorporating the farm bill rules into what we have right now with the Illinois rules and regulations. But the USDA rules have come in and definitely um, made things a little more strict for growers. Um, and it, it really will hurt, um, I think, the small farmer um, mm. if these rules do stay. And that is, there. most of the issues have been found with sampling and testing and harvesting of the crop. Uh, I was going to ask uh, Rachel if you had any issues this year with your crop. Uh, how did your crop go? Um, I actually, we worked with a farmer to start their crop, so I did not see the end out of that crop. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure how their crop turned out, but we saw... We were able to tour lots of farms this summer, um, and we we know a lot of farmers who did a really awesome job this year, and not too many of them had difficulties. Um, For a first year, super impressive, and we're super proud of them. Great. Well, one of the things we were talking about, though, in the break is how the the THC level could get so high, and weather was one of the factors. Um, and we certainly did have some odd weather this year. And, and across the country, yeah. there were a lot of farmers that had trouble growing hemp because of the weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were discussing on the break um, that you can buy CBD seeds that are supposed to go below or at that allowable mm-hmm. THC mm-hmm. level. But stuff like weather, drought, too much water, too much wind, all of these things can stress out the plant and spike up that THC level. And that's the interesting part. Of this is that people would it, it seems counterintuitive the, the plant is responding to stress and often plants that respond to stress they'll they'll produce uh, acorns as, as trees sometimes mm-hmm. or they'll they'll have other responses that you wouldn't expect other sugar level changes right and you would think that a plant that is doing well and is happy is going to have more THC because it's got good soil and good weather and the sun shining and everything. But that's just the opposite, is when the plant gets stressed, it starts producing the THC, which is, uh, I think, counterintuitive to a lot of people. Yeah, um, it, it is interesting. And it's something that farmers have to be, you know, it's just another one of those things that farmers have to be really careful about. It makes growing hemp, you know, an uncertain thing. Um, the farmer is taking on quite a bit of risk at this point. Um, uh, not only is this new a new crop to work with, but yeah, you have variables like the weather um, that can really just throw you a curveball. So a farmer produces a crop of hemp. What happens to it at that point after the, let's say, you know, it's approved for harvest? What happens to it at that point? Well, a farmer has a couple choices. Um, you know, it depends on the variety of hemp that they're growing. I assume you're talking about CBD. Uh, any kind of, uh, well, what's the difference? Because it's, it's the stuff you're going to turn into fiber different from the CBD. Okay. Yes, you're, absolutely. You, all right. Explain how that works. Sure. So there's three main varieties of CBD or of, um, hemp. There's the CBD variety that we all know and love. There's the fiber <laughs> that, um, is underrated in my opinion. And then there's grain. So CBD, that's your medicine, that's your nutrients and, um, you know, your medical purposes, right, um, right, you know, right. people use it for all kinds of things. Um, and then you have your fiber that that can be used for almost 20,000 things, I think, is, is I, the number. I, that's the one I'm most interested yeah. in, tell you the truth, because they talk about it as the wonder plant. And you could the idea that we could maybe make plastics out of hemp and get rid of the, uh, the petroleum. In plastics, uh, I would assume that, and I don't know for sure, I would hope, let me put it this way, because I haven't researched it, uh, 
hemp plastic, would it be biodegradable is what I would ask. It would be biodegradable. And, you know, fiber can make – it's not just the um, the hope of having bioplastics that is really in, in exciting, but there's also clothing. You know, yeah. fast fashion mm-hmm. is a horrible problem. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the things that we build out of concrete and, you know, our regular building practices, those are all toxic. They off-gas. Well, they, you have – did you find your hempcrete? In your... I didn't find my hempcrete sample. I do have a sample of hemp board here. Cool. This is made of hemp herd. From the fiber plant. Wow. Um, and, and, and this isn't exactly hemp. anything new either. People have been using hemp for centuries. Yeah, this invisible yeah. shield. And it's, it's really lightweight and seems very it's, strong. Yeah, it's a yes. particle board. Yeah, there are even bridges in France. There's a bridge in France um, from the 5th century that is still standing that is made with hemp. So this this material has been and, and a this long is time. and this is the damage our policies have done over the last eighty years in the United States. The the stupidity and the ignorance is just mind boggling. Um, we could be we could have been producing. What have I got here? What is this fiber? That's a piece of hemp fiber. That's actually a piece of um, insulation. Mm-hmm. So this can be used to not only build houses but totally insulate your houses. None of that itchy fiberglass stuff. Yeah. Um, this con- this form of construction using hemp is much safer for construction workers and it's um, great for people who have you know let's say you have allergies or something like that this is hypoallergenic um, it doesn't mold it doesn't rot in fact it's flame proof as well so there's a lot a lot to say and, about and what is this it looks like a sheet of paper it's some sort of it's actually a tyvek replacement so that is oh. like a bioplastic house yes wrap. house wrap right and Ama- I can... Amazing products that you can make out of hemp. And then, yeah, my briefcase here <laughs> is made of hemp. I love this. All right. Careful, you might not get that back. Uh, yeah, no, she's, she's definitely not getting this, this briefcase back. <laughs> I'll set you up with faux hemp. That's where I, I got I, it. I want one of these. All right. Well, and then there's also a lot of other uses of, of, with um, hemp oils. Yes. Not just CBD, but yes. for cooking so, and nutrition. And... Right. The um, the hemp seed is highly nutritious. Hemp a milk. lot of hemp milk. We love hemp milk in my house. Um, yeah, highly nutritious, a lot of protein, the perfect um, appropriate ratio of omega-3 and 6, tons of, um, you know, phytonutrients, you know, chlorophyll, all those wonderful mm-hmm. little things that are really missing from our diet. Um, hemp can really step in and help boost a lot of nutrition. And you have to be careful, though, whether you're getting CBD or hemp seed. I guess there's some confusion in that. Well, once you look at the price tag, that'll take the oh. confusion away <laughs> okay. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Why? Which, one's, which one's more expensive? The CBD is much more expensive. Hemp um, seed oil, yeah. you know, you can get that at the grocery yeah. store in most or, or places. Or the bag of hemp seeds that yes. you can Even add Costco to salads. Even selling them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we've got like a minute here. Uh, really quickly, Liz, and we'll get back to you. We'll finish this conversation. But you talked about unscrupulous people uh, in in the the hemp uh, world in the, the last year. What were you referring to? Um, I, I'm referring to uh, a lot of our farmers trying to find processors and those folks are um, that were not very trustworthy. Um, can't name you know who they were, but it, it's just a, a really just a call out to anybody in this industry to do your research and check in on everything, ask questions, don't just take someone's word um, and go with it because uh, there's a lot Could of money not agree more. <laughs> yeah and, and go to organizations like yours which is Rachel the Illinois Hemp Growers Association I mean even if you're another state you could check it out and there's probably one in your state too okay we'll continue this conversation when we come back did you know it takes almost 2,000 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef 
In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. It takes only 39 gallons of water to produce one pound of vegetables. Meat production releases more greenhouse gases than veggies. Emissions from livestock currently make up almost 15% of the global greenhouse gases. Of that, beef and dairy alone make up 65%. One cow's annual output of methane, you know, cow fluffs, burps, call them what you want, is equivalent to the emissions generated by one car burning 235 gallons of gas. Talk about stinky climate change. More vegetables equals a happier planet. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting environmentalism, gardening, green living, local food information, and sometimes even humor, sometimes musical humor, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9. 20 years of faith in place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmer's Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November through April at Indoor Farmer's Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. All right, I don't know if we'll get to this. I'm not going to get to the uh, chorus on this, but this is Wilson Pickett. Don't let the green grass fool you, okay? I just <laughs> had to throw that in there. All right, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. And uh, we are talking about growing, I guess you call it industrial hemp. Um, Rachel Berry is uh, in studio. Uh, Liz Rupel is on the Zoom from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, she's with the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. Let's go right to you, Liz, because you, there were some things you want to clarify about the rules, new rules, USDA rules regarding hemp. Right. Um, so these rules came out on Halloween of 2019, and there was an extension on the comment period 
Um, so folks that are interested in commenting, you have until January 29th of this year. It's crazy to call it 2020, but we're here. Um, yeah. So we have just uh, less than a month to submit comments and you can do that at, um, you can do that at a website or at an email. <laughs> that she's looking at right now. <laughs> and that is farmbill.hemp at usda.gov. Um, it's a little weird, I know, because usually there's a space for it to submit comments, but you're going to go to that website and it might still say that it's closed, but just use that email address. That's what they're wanting folks to send comments to. And I um, so don't be alarmed. <laughs> and, and, I assume, um, and I assume they can find that, uh, at the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. Do you have a link, uh, uh there yes. as well? Yeah, it is ilstewards.org. And we actually just have a recent uh, post about um, that comment period extension with that uh, web address there. Yeah. But these rules, are, they're going to be, they are final rules. So they are in effect right now. Um, that is why the Department of Agriculture is working to submit a plan. Um, and basically, we'll be working with what we have in 2020, this growing season, so for farmers, that means, yes, we're still a Delta 9 state, which is uh, what everybody's kind of working with this year and what made a lot of folks do a round of applause at the hemp summit that the Department of Agriculture threw. All right. Would you explain um, what a Delta 9 state is? What does that mean? <laughs> so basically, um, Delta 9 THC is what is being tested for currently in Illinois. And there are, I guess, two kinds of THC. Um, I am no scientist, but it's THCA and this Delta 9 THC, which is the intoxicating part um, right. of the cannabis plant. So the total Delta 9, um, that's determined by a dry weight basis. And um, they are wanting to change this because through these tests, they are the hemp is basically heated up and the THCA, which is the acid, it kind of... Um, falls off in a way. So you're just left with that Delta nine. So they're wanting to do a total THC um, because it's, it's just a more clear idea of actually how much THC mm -hmm. is going to be in this plant. Um, so it's more clear. It's a, it's different from what we're dealing with right now. It's a little more strict, um, but that's, that's what we have to work with, with uh, the USDA. Well, and, and, and what I, I will encourage people to go, you know, go make a comment and tell them that, uh, this 0.3 level is nuts and anti-science mm -hmm. and just keep mm -hmm. just keep hammering that until they they get the message. And if you're watching yeah. us on Facebook, I just posted the link and Ellie will be tweeting it out as well. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, and go ahead. Yes. If you do need a little more clarification on what we're all commenting on. I know Rachel has a set of comments that um, we might be adding to at the Stewardship Alliance, which would give you an idea of what's good, what's bad in these rules. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's lots of rules. Yeah. It isn't just the level. There's other things going on. Anything mm -hmm. in particular, Rachel, that uh, in the rules that uh, is an issue with you? How so much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right? the Cliff's notes. All right. Well, then, where can people find the information that you have, uh, your comments on this? I haven't made my public my comment public quite yet. Um, okay. We're just tweaking everything. I mean, I have my notes here, um, but very soon in the next couple of days, we'll and make I, that public. And you're going to have that on the Illinois Stewardship Alliance site, Liz, do you yes. think? Okay, yes. great. And so it'll be what... on Rachel's site as well. All Which right. is the mm -hmm. Illinois 
uh, HGA.com site? Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay. Both both of those sites. Both of them, All right, yes. great. Uh, let's go quickly to um, we have a some uh, events coming up that will help folks, uh, specifically uh, here in Illinois. Um, I have, Where's my list? I can't even find it. Uh, it's here someplace. Is it on this? So we've got the Midwest Hemp Expo, January 10th through 11th, uh, including an IHGA hempcrete demo. Yes, I'll be in Michigan and Lansing um, this coming weekend at the IHemp Michigan Expo, and I will be there on the trade floor show all weekend doing hempcrete demos. What is a hempcrete demo consist of? What I'll be making is a hempcrete block, so I'll be using the hempcrete. Right on site there. Right on site, yep, and I'll have it all set up. Um, I'm going to have a couple, bunch of samples, all my stuff, and I have even working on a model home that I am packing with hempcrete that I'm going to be bringing along to show off as well. Yes, uh, and um, uh, by the way, uh, there's also a specialty crop growers conference 2020 uh, at uh, from January 8th to 10th. And where's that? That's in Springfield, actually. That's just coming up on Wednesday. Oh wow! So everything very quickly. And uh, the uh, Illinois Hemp Growers Association is n- uh, looking for members. Uh, it's only twenty five bucks a year. That's right. uh, and where do folks go to get that? IllinoisHGA.com. You can look in the membership tag. Um, we do have separate membership. You can sign up to be a member for free. But if you are a grower or a processor who wants access to some of our special goodie pages, it'll just be $25 for the year to get full access. All right. And back to Liz. Um, one more thing I want to make sure people know are, are clear on. Uh, you talked about comment period and then the rules go into effect after the comment period. They go in uh, uh, October, is it? Right. Yeah. So basically the rules are kind of in effect now. They are the final rules, but uh, Illinois has time to tweak our state rules and send in our plan. That ah, is the, okay. the whole basis. And it's it's very historic. It's going to make hemp a commodity, which that's what we're all looking for. Um, but uh, the grow year of 2021 is when we'll see basically everything come to fruition and the, the rules will be like final then. So, uh-huh. And, and will the USDA rules change only at the next farm bill, or could they change before then? They could change before then if they decide to use the comments that were given to them and make tweaks to what we are seeing right now. Okay, you got about a minute. Tell us about the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. What should people know about that? Yeah, so we are a statewide nonprofit, just like Rachel's group. Uh, We are looking for members. $25 will get you to be a member. Uh, Our mission is to find, train, connect, and amplify the leadership of farmers and eaters who are going to use their choices and voices to make a more just and regenerative local food and farm system. Um, So that's really how we got into the work with hemp. Uh, we are out educating about these rules and regulations and really trying to give farmers a platform at all levels to use their voice to make change. I'm the policy organizer there, so I get to go out and build relationships with farmers all over the state. And we're focused on building soil health and regenerative um, uh, okay. farming practices. All right. Thank you so much, Liz Rupel from the Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Rachel Berry. Uh, we appreciate it. Go to the websites. Go to MikeNovak.net. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks. 
of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, hey there. Hey there. Hey there. Hey there. Uh, hey now. Hey now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking uh, during the break about uh, the various places we are, because uh, Peggy was noting we're on Facebook on a bunch of pages right now, streaming live, but we're also streaming live on YouTube, thanks to uh, Andrew. Uh, and, and Periscope. And uh, who cares? And, no, no, I mean... No, there was a few people I watching I care desperately. Do you, I'll tell you what. If you're listening on Periscope right now... Uh, tweet us. Tweet us. Just send us a tweet, uh, at Mike now, and let us know. Uh, and, and, and we what, might even, have, if you're in the Chicago area, we might even have some tickets for you to something we'll talk about later. Ah, uh, I think we can, do have some tickets. Yeah. So if you're on Periscope... Uh, and you're listening to the show, yeah, let us know. So I, I just have Even such... if you're on Twitter. We'll, we'll give you tickets in Chicago oh, if you're on well, Twitter. Well, we'll tell it. We're going to do yeah. that later on. I think yeah. uh, a little past the bottom of the hour. But uh, we are but on, I... on SoundCloud now, too. Uh, yeah. On the WCGO page, WCGO Radio uh, and on of, SoundCloud. And, of course, the one thing we are definitely on... Radio. Oh, Radio. Okay, we're definitely on radio. Well, you t- you're the one who said, "Have you got the Muppets yeah, thing?" Because uh, that usually starts getting us laughing. Uh, exactly. <laughs> when we hear that one. So uh, we hope that uh, you you check us out, and as we mentioned last week, give us a like or mm-hmm. uh, give us a you know go to um, uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Yes, give us a rating, and if you go to the Mike Novak Show or MikeNovak.net and listen to the podcasts there, please download them. Please leave a comment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're still, <laughs> we're still getting comments, and th- we've had thousands of people uh, watch and listen to the podcast that had Guy McPherson on yeah, back in what was it, like September or October? We've had more than eight thousand downloads of that one podcast. I'm just stunned. He Something. he has, and, and and it's good and bad, uh, and, and comments. I've had like. Uh-huh. I don't know how many comments, 50 or 60 comments on that one. And, and some of them go, some of them go way off. Yeah. Off and some of them cheer him on. <laughs> and some people say, what a jerk. And I'm just yeah. staying out of it. I don't I find whatever. Yeah. So uh, go there and comment. We have a friend of the show who's got something coming up next week. Yeah, right? And we were talking about indoor plants um, two weeks ago with Lisa Eldred uh, Steinkopf and her new book, 
Grow in the Dark. Mm -hmm. And Lisa Hilgenberg, horticulturalist from the Chicago Botanic Garden, who's on this show quite often. And is is also a judge for Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Um, On Saturday, January 11th, she is giving a workshop, Trending Indoor Plants for 2020. It's going to be at Pasquese Home and Gardens up in their Lake Bluff store from 11 a.m. to noon, followed by an hour of Q&A. Lisa's going to be talking about the top leafy and flowering plants for low, medium, or bright indoor light, including pink plants, which I guess are very trendy right now. No. And low-maintenance succulents. No, not pink. Pink. No. Yeah, so that's Pasquese up at... Up in Lake Bluff, I don't have the exact address, but it's on Waukegan Road, just south of 176. Yeah, folks can uh, find that. And and when is it again? It's on the it 11th? Saturday, January 11th from 11 to noon and an hour of Q&A with Lisa. Well worth it. You will learn a lot. And if I go there, I'm going to raise my hand and say, Lisa, why pink? Why? Why? Why does it have to be pink? Why? I don't know. Why? I don't like pink. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, she's uh, doing that, and, and this is the time. Obviously, you want to be growing mm-hmm. indoor plants. I'm looking at mine right now and just watching the daylight. It's you know We're early into yep. the, the daylight yep. coming back, but as soon as it gets good enough, I'm going to start repotting some of yeah. those suckers. Meanwhile, I have my Happy Leaf LED on every morning. <laughs> Oh, and I've still got my Xmas lights on my Schiffleura, my eight-foot-tall Schiffleura, and they looks great. All right. When we come back, we're talking about clean energy and how you can get it in Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malek. When it comes to tree care, it's all about the science. Well, there's love and history and family, too, but you definitely want the best science for your trees. That's why you should contact Bartlett Tree Experts at Bartlett.com. With 120 offices around the world, including Canada, England, and Ireland, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world. Their work is backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories in North Carolina. They pioneered integrated pest management or IPM in the 1970s, introduced the first organic fertilizer, and now Bartlett is the first and only tree care company to research the benefits of biochar on urban soils and tree health. At the same time, they're focused on you and your needs, meaning that they'll do the right thing for your tree and you. Put science to work for your trees. Get a free estimate today because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Hello, this is Brock from Hero Power. Dirty Power is suffocating Chicago. Stop paying for coal to burn and choose the easiest way to switch to clean energy today. Hero Power offers a no-hassle option for Illinois residents to pay for renewable electricity sources like wind and solar and keep paying the same rate as they did with ComEd. The same rate. It's a no-brainer. Your money goes toward renewable energy and you avoid long-term contracts, termination fees, or the need to schedule another appointment. You can do all of this in just three minutes and drastically reduce your carbon footprint right now. So don't just complain about climate change. Do something about it. By switching to Hero Power, you take a huge step towards cutting carbon emissions and utilizing our natural wind and solar energy. It's a reliable and convenient way to switch to paying for premium electricity at no extra cost. Let's fight for a clean energy future together. Get clean energy in just a few clicks at MyHeroPower.com. Enroll today at MyHeroPower.com. 
DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. I love playing stuff from my friends uh, Judy mm-hmm. Handler and Mark Levesque. Uh, oh. And this, uh, they said, just sent me the uh, Christmas CD um, about a week late. So. We'll have it for next year. I'll play it next year. I'll borrow a copy. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. You heard a voice uh, just a couple of minutes ago talking about uh, clean energy in Illinois. Uh, that guy is Brock Benefiel. And, um, Benefiel? Uh, what, did, did I get it wrong? All right. No, you nailed it. Okay. You got it. Okay. Benefield. I got it wrong. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, exactly. Just go sit in the corner. Uh, and Brock is uh, the brother of the guy who's on the Skype machine uh, right now, and that is Ty Benefiel. Good morning, Ty. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. And uh, Ty and Brock uh, have brought um, a company called Hero Power, H-E-R-O Power, to Illinois and to the Mike Novak Show. They're, full disclosure, they are sponsors of, of the Mike Novak Show. Um, and Ty is also a co-founder of Meter Genius, which led into Hero Power. Um, Ty, why don't you explain how that happened? Sure. Yeah. So Hero Power is a renewable electricity supplier here in Chicago. And what that means is that for all of our customers, we purchase renewable energy certificates to match 100% of our customers' electricity consumption. So that our customers know that no matter how much electricity they use, that power is being matched by uh, renewable energy generation sources. Uh, this one specifically is the uh, is the Osage Municipal Wind Farm. So, kind of the story behind that, how we came up with with Hero Power. We actually launched Meter Genius, as you said, about five years ago. Um, that company we developed apps for retail electricity suppliers. And we found that we could actually improve the overall customer experience, not only with the Meter Genius app, but if we could allow customers to also um, have their electricity consumption matched by these renewable energy certificates. So not only are our customers able to use this app that helps them save energy, uh, become smarter energy consumers, but all of their 
um, their energy consumption is matched by these renewable energy certificates. So they can feel good about the electricity that they are purchasing. I want to be clear about that. Is the app uh, separate from Hero Power or does it sort of get combined with Hero Power? Yeah, so the Hero so Hero Power uh, has an app and all of our customers are able to use that Hero Power app. So if you're a Hero Power customer, you can use that app to track your electricity consumption on a 30-minute uh, interval basis. You can get tips specifically for for you and your home. Um, and you can play games and you can earn points and redeem those points for credits <laughs> on your electricity bill. I'll have you know this is no game. Clean energy <laughs> is no game. Uh, I also want to mention to folks, by the way, that uh, you are the host of The Climate Pod, and you can go to theclimatepod.com and uh, check that out. If you're interested, you're doing some of the same stuff we do on this very show, which is talk about Mm -hmm. energy and climate and and what we should be focusing on right now as as places like Australia burn up and uh, the Arctic melts. Um, It's important to know. So if if we could... Like, rewind the tape slightly to the jargon of renewable energy credit. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners, what is a renewable energy credit? It's not an, a carbon offset, but what is it and why should anybody care? Why is it important? Sure. So renewable energy certificates were created to basically help individuals directly fund um, renewable the, the generation of uh, electricity from renewable energy sources, such as wind or solar. So every time a you know a wind turbine or a, a photovoltaic solar system generates one megawatt hour of electricity, mm-hmm. that generator is uh, rewarded with a renewable energy certificate. And there's a market for these renewable energy certificates, and we purchase those renewable energy certificates. So for every megawatt hour um, that our customers use of electricity, we will go and match that with one renewable energy certificate. So it's actually tracked in a form of commerce. It is, exactly. So um, we are Green E certified, and that's very, very important uh, because what Green E is, Green E is a third-party organization that tracks renewable energy certificates so that we know that um, our, our renewable energy certificates are unique. No one else can purchase these, uh, and they're authentic, right? They're, they, we know the source that uh, these renewable energy certificates are coming from. So, they, yeah, they are trackable. Um, and like I said, it's you know for every one thousand kilowatt hours, every megawatt hour of electricity consumed by our customers, we go and purchase a renewable energy certificate. And I believe we've got. Do you have that link to Green? And by the way, Green, yes. yeah, Green E, and you can go to MikeNovak.net in uh, the blog post that we have. Um, it's spelled G-R-E-E-N hyphen E. So it's not, dot gre- org. not Green E with a Y, but Green hyphen E uh, dot org. Uh, and you can find it. Now, I, I will say uh, you, you're a Green E certified company. Peggy said she went there, could not find the name of your company. I could not find the name of my company on there, and I think they are as well. Uh, do they just need to bring that up to, to date or what? So we actually became Green E certified on Friday. Oh, um, and they just have not updated the website. Congratulations! Yet. Thank you. Yeah, it was very important for us to become Green E certified as quickly as possible. Um, so we launched. We actually launched the company uh, at the end of November, and it took us about a month to go through all of the the paperwork and 
the, the auditing process, the marketing and, and the kind of communications process to become Green E certified. So as of Friday, we are officially Green E certified and the renewable energy certificates that we purchase are Green E certified. And from some of the research we were doing, the EPA recommends only buying power from Green E certified companies. Why, why is that? Because they, they track um, the renewable energy certificates to make sure that they are authentic and that they are unique. Because it's very important that there's not double counting um, and that you're actually, you know, your money is actually going where some of these energy companies, you know, say it's going, right? So, um, so yeah, so Mike, you'd mentioned that your renewable, ener- your renewable energy supplier is not on the Greeny yeah. website. Um that's a you problem. Should, should, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. No, it's, it is great because you and, I, you and I talked the other day about this, and and I have certainly had a problem. Uh, hey, Andrew, we've got the uh, call porn in there. Um, I was uh, I have a, a supplier for okay. Let me put it this way: in Illinois, they opened it up to the public. They they gave you choice. It's deregulated. It was deregulated, and they gave you choice a number of years ago. And I think it's been a problem. All right. And because a lot of players came in there and some of them were unscrupulous and you weren't getting good deals. And fi- I found for the most part that you're better off getting uh, your power from ComEd or from People's Gas because their rates are lower than the supplier's rates. That's not good. That's not good for the public, but the public doesn't really understand that because it's really complex. Uh, and you agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, to an extent. So I, I definitely agree that the market, once it became deregulated, has not benefited consumers like it was intended. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the fact, I believe the stat is that um, consumers were charged um, or paid over like $500 million more than they should have because of um, switching to these renewable energy sure. yeah. companies or I'm sorry, not renewable retail electricity suppliers. Right. Cause they're not and, all renewable. That's the other thing. They're too. not all renewable. And that's the other point is that, you know, ComEd only matches their customers, electricity consumption uh, only matches 6% of their customers, electricity consumption with renewable energy certificates. Okay. Um, so that would be my only kind of pushback on your statement, Mike, was that, um, it's actually better for customers to switch, right? Mm-hmm. Because to a to a renewable electricity supplier because they do match their customers' electricity consumption with more renewable energy certificates. Well, not not uh, not, but not all of them. You have to find correct. It depends exactly. on the company. So you want to look for those that so, do. All right. So the company I I got uh, as a supplier says they're a really green company, and I believe them. But I'm paying two cents a therm more than yeah. the ComEd price. If I went to your company, Hero Power, I could get green energy at the same price that would match ComEd. Is that right? That's correct. So our rates are forever tethered to the ComEd basic electric service rate. And we did that on purpose because for, for two reasons. One, we wanted to make it, you know, we wanted to make funding clean electricity affordable to anyone that can pay their ComEd bill, right? We didn't want any extra hurdle uh, for people to make that switch. And we know, look, you know, electricity can be expensive for a lot of people. And we didn't want to, we don't want people to have to kind of sacrifice other things to be able to feel good about their electricity bill. That's a big part of it. And the other part of it is the transparency. We want people to know what their rate is going to be. And luckily for us, ComEd posts those basic electric uh, electricity service rates 
uh, six months or so into the future. So Hero Power customers more always know what their rate is and what it's going to be because ComEd also has that exact same uh, rate. You know, and, and it's not that easy to, I mean, if you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you can track down that stuff, but the average consumer doesn't get it and can't figure it out. Uh, and I, even I got duped um, because I wasn't paying attention. Really, yeah. you know, you get lazy, life catches up with you, you're busy, and suddenly you realize you're paying a lot more. Even with the green company I had, it turned out my rate went up. They did not tell me, and I was paying a lot more. I was paying like double what ComEd was charging. And I went, what's going on here? So I called them, oh, well, your rate went up and you didn't say anything. I, well, did you notify me? No, we don't really notify people when their rates go up. Um, okay, thanks for that. So, and so, so, yeah, and so, so that's you, your cue for that new act. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, Mike, so you're not alone. Um, in fact, my co-founder, um, who lives in Wrigleyville, he was a victim of one of these retail electricity supplier scams. And in fact, that is what kind of initiated our um, our process to becoming a retail electricity supplier ourselves because we didn't want people to have to go through the exact same experience that he did. He was actually part of a class action settlement um, from one of these retail electricity suppliers that basically said that they overcharged him by $721, which is amazing because look, he was in the industry, right? We were selling our app to these retail electricity suppliers and he too was scammed by one of these retail electricity suppliers. So we said, look, but we, we cannot let this continue to happen. We are going to start our own retail electricity supplier uh, and focus on transparency and focus on uh, renewable energy because we feel like that was missing from this industry and we're here to uh, to empower customers with a better choice. All right. So we have less than two minutes here. Uh, I just want to make sure that people know if they can subscribe to your service. Do you have to be a ComEd customer? You do. You have to be a ComEd customer. So uh, home or business can switch to Hero Power at MyHeroPower.com. You don't have to own, you know, we have lots of renters as long as you pay your ComEd bill. So if you're in a building, as long as you pay your ComEd bill, then you can switch. You can easily switch to Hero Power. Uh, It just takes a few clicks. All you need is your ComEd account number. There's no, you know, your service doesn't change. There's no equipment to install or anything like that. Um, We just, like I said, we take over the electricity supply portion of your bill. You pay ComEd, ComEd pays us, and we send money to uh, Osage Municipal Wind Farm. That sounds like a great deal to me. And then you know you're getting clean energy. You're not supporting fossil fuel uh, 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 energy production. And uh, it's a win-win right there, I think. Uh, (laughs) That's right. So, uh, okay, so folks need to go to myheropower.com if you want to enroll in this. It's, I, I got a feeling I'm going to do this, Ty, so uh, I may say goodbye to my company right now, <laughs> uh, especially since I know you can give me clean energy at a better price. Uh, of course, folks can always go to theclimatepod.com to hear you, and I assume Brock's on that as well. He is, yes. So you guys are a dynamic duo, good brother act. <laughs> thanks, That's right. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for being a sponsor of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me. All right. We'll be right back. 
I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. In 2012, Superstorm Sandy wreaked havoc on New York City's transportation system. Storm surge pushed a flood of seawater into vehicle tunnels, rail yards, ferry terminals, and subway lines. Hurricane Sandy was a big wake-up call for the city. That's Suzanne DeRoche, the city's deputy director of infrastructure and energy. She says after the storm, subway tunnels and stations had to be pumped out. Electrical systems needed to be cleaned, repaired, and tested. In some places, it took weeks to get up and running again. As seas rise and weather gets more extreme, the risks from flooding only grow. So New York is working to make its massive transportation system more resilient. We're looking at major flood protection systems across the subway network, the airports, and our vehicular tunnels that go in and out of Manhattan. For example, the city has installed huge floodgates at the entrances of two tunnels. A steel flood wall will soon protect the Coney Island rail yard, and the city's working on ways to seal off subway station entrances and vents. It's a multi-billion dollar effort. But DeRoche says the next time a natural disaster hits, New York expects to be better prepared. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. All right, and that's all I'm going to play because it's the most annoying song yes. in the history of the world. But uh, it's kind of, we had the Frozen Robins uh, party the other day, and we were giving away ornaments, and I got a uh, Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas ah. ornament, and it plays this song, okay? Oh. Yeah, I know. Little, well, Deb little, says Hippo New Year. That's why, I, and she reminded <laughs> me of that, so Deb, who's one of the Frozen Robins, so, so anyway. Well, oh, dear. W- welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Alf- Alfano. Alfano starts next week on Smart Talk here on WCGO, uh, the 12th, and we're going to have her on the show mm-hmm. next week. And her show, it's going to be on at 3 p.m., I believe, uh, right after playtime with Bill Turk and... Carrie Kendall. And uh, she's talking about healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so plant-based it's diets. Like, right, plant-based diets. It's sort of micro-focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you and I go all over the place. We talk about that sometimes, but she's really focused on that. So we're going to talk to her next week um, about what she's going to be doing on her show. And speaking of other shows... Uh, right here, uh, I saw we have a Fred Weintraub sighting here. Yeah. And in studio, Fred. In studio, and not just from Singapore or Malaysia or... Where, where's Fred? Where, in the studio. Where was he last week, Andrew? Uh, well, he's been in Cambodia, uh, the Maldives, Singapore, London. Yeah, everywhere. So do you guys do a Where in the World is Fred Weintraub well, segment? Well, we have a, a customized uh, little jingle that we play <laughs> saying all around the world... <laughs> We haven't used it in a while, but we have it on file. You know, and it's hard for Peggy and me to listen because we're with Ellie huddled, you know, after the show. Mm-hmm. We have our our massive post-show meeting 
uh, every week, and I don't get yeah, to, to, to hear, hear Gabby Road uh, most of the time. So uh, it's good to see Fred back here. So uh, he'll be on, and I I should invite them in to tell us uh, what they're talking about, but because they're confer- conferring right now out in the green room, which is actually the lobby, and there we're we're waving to them right now. They're waving uh, Hannah Stanley, uh, aka Janie. Uh, no, yeah, she played Janie. Uh, and the It's a Wonderful Slice. She played Violet. Um, and Violet, right. Mm-hmm. Afternoon, yeah. Mr. Bailey. Why, this old thing? I only wear it when I don't care how I look. Anyway, uh, so uh, Gabby Road coming up next as well with Fred in studio. Uh, and uh, we have some tickets to give away. We have away. tickets. Tickets. We need music. We need ticket music. Oh, uh, okay. Let me see. Okay, you, you do that. Okay. Let me see if I can find ticket music, okay? Tickets. Tickets. So... All this weekend, all the WCGO shows are giving away tickets to the 2020 Lake Home and Cabin Show, which is next weekend, January 10th through 12th. How is that next weekend? I don't know. <sighs> January 10th. Anyways, January 10th through 12th <laughs> at the Schaumburg Convention Center in Schaumburg, Illinois. We have a bunch of free admission passes to give away. Um, it is Friday from 2 to 8, Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday from 10 to 4. Uh, lifestyle experiences with more than 100 exhibitors showcasing everything you need and want for your lake home cottage or cabin or the one that you want to get or the one you're dreaming of. So the tickets are uh, adult tickets. Um, children under five get in free. You can learn more at lakehomeandcabinshow.com. So there we go. Here's our ticket music. That's the closest I could come up with. That would be a... Genie bottle. It is. It, it is. Right. <laughs> and if you rub the bottle, you will get tickets. Tickets, tickets will tickets, magically tickets. appear. So, so what, do, what are we going to do? Uh, oh, we just take a... Third caller, first caller, fifth caller. Uh, we'll just take the first... How about we just give away... How many? We, we've got a lot to give away here. Tickets. We have tickets. If you want right. four, we could probably give away four, too. That's right. So tell us uh, how many tickets you want, up to four, and we'll take like the first three who want to do it. Uh, at 877-711-5611. Just call in if you want tickets to the uh, Lake Home and Cabin Show next week. Or Facebook us or tweet us. Right. Well, we, how, I'd say you got to call. Let's, let's, uh, let's okay. make a call because you got to give your address and stuff. And uh, so... We just, I'm going to make people call. I'm going to make gonna people. Make them work I'm going to make tickets. them do the old technology, okay? 877-711-5611. Oh, and the music's over. I was going. Oh, well. Oh, well. Boy, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, well. It's, it is gone. So you caused quite, quite a stir on Facebook yesterday with your post. Um, yeah, I got, I got a little honked off yesterday. Um, in fact, uh, let me call that up. What, what happened was um, there was an article in the Trib. Um, the other Chicago day, Tribune. Chicago Tribune, yeah, well, when I well, say the Trib, people yeah. listening elsewhere, well, nobody's listening elsewhere. Oh, oh, you mean, <laughs> of course they are. Um, there was, uh, an article about the new lights that they're putting in Chicago and I'm scrolling to find it. Hang on just a second. Cause I didn't have this up and you know, on Facebook, you just got to scroll forever before you can find anything. Scrolling, okay. scrolling, scrolling. And apparently, uh, some people are unable to, uh, find this article when they, uh, log on to the Facebook, uh, you were saying overseas, and some yeah. people have commented that they can't. Well, it's. I think it has something to do with the paywall that the Chicago Tribune has up of only so many free articles, but for some reason, right. people in the U.K. <clears throat> and Europe were not 
So uh, uh, the article was, the headline was, Chicago's night sky is about to become an orange memory as the city nears end of LED streetlight replacement, but are the new lights better? Uh, and it was uh, written by Mary Wisniewski, or Vishnevsky, however she pronounces it, probably Wisniewski. Um, and it's basically uh, a pretty straight-down-the-middle article about the good and the bad of this. The orange glow goes away. The problem is the lights they put in are 3,000 Kelvin, um, which uh, was an improvement. They were going to do 4,000 Kelvin, Mm -hmm. which have been really bright. Uh, But as you remember, uh, last April, you and I went out with uh, Audrey Fisher from the the, uh, Chicago Astronomical Society. Mm And Scott Wagesback, alderman from the 32nd Ward, and from uh, our friend at um, at uh, Lou McCann, who uh, who came by, David, uh, and I've got him right here, David Mitchell from Lou McCann. And we went out to Humboldt Park. And, and other we, assorted people who uh, showed up. Right, including uh, Monica Eng from WBEZ. W-B-E-Z. And... Uh, we went out there and tested the lights that were there, the new ones that they put in versus the old ones. And then we tested the Lumican light that David has created from his company, Lumican. Um, and his are 2200 Kelvin, and they're beautiful, and the light is gorgeous. Uh, you the, could see every color. It yes. was amazing. And the lights that they're putting in now are very blue. They're too blue, basically. They, they just We did spectrum analysis mm-hmm. of it, and the blue end of the scale shot up. And we said to Scott Wagesback, the alderman, I said, hey, you got to let the city know. And he did. He said, can we test this Lumican in my um, in my ward? And basically what he got from the city was crickets. Nothing. They're like stonewalling. He's even quoted in the article. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I know of emails that went back and forth in the city about people like Audrey Fisher and um, Monica Ang, who they consider nuisances because they keep bringing it up mm-hmm. to them saying, you know, the technology has changed since they first put in this order to change the streetlights in Chicago. The technology changes every six months, but the city won't acknowledge yeah, that. Yeah, because their specs just say 3,000. Their specs say, and if obviously they've got some sort of contract with somebody. Oh, we can't break the contract because we need to have the old technology, which is going to be here for decades, and make our city glow brighter than it should when light pollution is already a problem across the planet when we could have set an example so i what really fried me was this article comes out in the trib and then the trib publishes a backtrack on the article well well, what we wish we'd really said you know the editorial board and i'm and all i asked in my facebook post which kind of went on at length i said Who's leaning on the Chicago Tribune here? Oh, gosh, you don't suppose the city of Chicago made a call to the Trib and said, what the heck are you doing publishing that thing that says that our lights Mm -hmm. may be less than perfect? Well, they are less than perfect. They're not up to snuff. Somebody needs to say that out loud, that we're getting scammed by the city. Yes, they're better than the the contractor. They're they're better than the old ones, but not as good as they could be if they were really paying Mm -hmm. attention to this. Because they said, the city said earlier, well, you know, if we find the technology changes, we can upgrade as we're moving along. Well, that's not happening because I think in a barn someplace they got 270,000 lights that they got to get rid of. 3,000. That are 3,000 Kelvin. It was interesting to see some of the follow-up posts that that we got on the show page of a lot of people saying how difficult it is to drive now. 
with the blue lights? It's not good. The light is not even enough. It's too bright. It's too blue. Uh, and we're going to pay the price for it for decades. We're all ready, you know. Um, and they're just hoping that there are the there are not enough complaints. Yeah. So I had to, I had to say something, and so we're going to have to talk about this on yeah. the show again real and soon. The same thing's happening in the suburbs. The blue lights are just we're, going in everywhere because people are terrified that we won't have bright enough light because we're all going to get mugged. Well, you're not okay. If the lights even, it can be. The As I said in my post, the eye is a remarkable thing. Mm-hmm. It adjusts to really low level. And as long as its level is even, your eyes will pick it up. Ah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about weather when we come back. Rick DeMaio will be with us. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike, at MikeNovak.net or also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. 2019 marked 20 years of Faith in Place, empowering people of all faiths to be leaders in caring for the earth. Not only that, right now is the 10th annual season of the Indoor Winter Farmers Market Program. Enjoy fresh local food from November to April at Indoor Farmers Markets, hosted by 16 Chicagoland Houses of Worship on select Saturdays and Sundays. Faith in Place accepts Illinois Link Card SNAP benefits. For a market schedule and more info, go to faithinplace.org. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel I don't know what the heck this has to do with anything except that I saw it and I said, I'm going to play, <laughs> I need to play some Chuck Berry, okay? Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, do we have Mr. DeMaio on the line? Good morning, Mr. DeMaio. Yeah, good morning. I, I like I like Chuck Berry in the morning. He makes you um, gives you a little bit of jump. Yeah, it's like extra caffeine, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It wakes you up. Um, I, I think one of my one of my favorite scenes in the movie Back to the Future was when Michael J. Fox pretended he was he was playing like Chuck Berry, and everybody was looking at him going, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> Do you, you remember that? Do you remember that? It was uh, pretty good. Uh, vaguely, I mean, it's been a long time since oh. I saw that movie. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Hey, by the way, um, do you like our November in January? We had December in January. Now we have November in January. It just keeps 
The beat keeps going on and on, doesn't it? Real. It's November in January. I, <laughs> I was looking at my front lawn, and it's growing. Uh, we, uh, no, she's not the was only. That, was, that, was that before or after you left the cannabis dispensary, Peg? Ah, were you in line there? Uh, uh, no. Did you see her in line, Rick? When you when you I, were in I line, I thought I'd get a little bit of a. Was, was of that a, you a, in a line? Ding yeah, there, yeah. But... yeah. Oh, there you go. You got it. You get yourself a ding. Um, <laughs> no, but the the front lawn is growing. Well, is Bulbs it? are coming up. No, yeah. no. Yes, yeah, no. They are, Rick. Um, Rick. Rick. It's it is. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I, I've gotten. Hey, uh, Andrew. I'm a little hollow here. I don't know what's going. Can you give me a little bit more presence? There we go. Thank you. Um, I've seen uh, my plants. Some I've seen daylilies starting to come I've got up. Daffodils Bulbs. up a good inch and a half, two inches. Yep. It's it's been too warm. And you what you what you're going to start what you're going to start to see, Rick, is trees break bud. And you're gonna you're gonna see some of the the buds plump up, and um, they risk if they if they those pop, and then we get a cold spell. You're gonna ruin right. a season for for a lot of trees, especially fruit trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I I'm I'm with you guys. I think a couple of days ago, when it was really warm, like close to sixty degrees, um, it was pretty much on the south i think it was the southeast exposure in other words it wasn't getting the cold northwest wind uh but it was up against a brick building and yeah peg i i saw some some sprouts coming up there were about an inch i looked at them like are those old or are those new um and i and i think they were new so yeah you're right and i think it'd be great if we get someone who's an expert on trees and fruit trees both i think are important from the standpoint of research is whether or not they have any evidence over the last, you know, eight to ten years of evidence of change due to our changing climate. I mean, these are all new subjects that will be talked about next week when I'm at the AMS conference in Boston. Uh-huh. Um, and it's amazing because the climate change and climate variability, that's what the conference is called, uh, talks about some of these new emerging, not so much threats, but I think emerging topics um, in a more variable climate, how do we adapt? How do we mitigate? Um, it, it, it's all part of the new science of, of climate change. It's almost kind of like where scientists were back during the nuclear era. It's like, okay, we just kind of cracked the code. Um, what do we do with it? Do we harness it? Do we produce energy from it? Uh, do we create missiles for it? Do we create world peace? And then all of a sudden you go, okay, we've gone too far. Yeah. Um, so these are really, really interesting observations that need to be talked about and need to be discussed. So I'm going to be part of that next week in Boston. I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. And I'll tell you what we can do here. There's a, a program at the uh, Chicago Botanic Garden called Project Bud Burst. Our friend uh, mm-hmm. Kerry Havens, we need to get her back on the show because they've been, that's what they do. They measure when uh, the buds come out each year for different species mm-hmm. and they do right. comparisons. And I can ask her about this. I can also ask her, you know, what what's going to happen if we continue in this uh, warmish weather. And I guess you're the guy right. to tell us that, whether we're going to be stuck in this for a while. Um, we're going to be stuck in it for at least another week. Uh, and by the way, Mike, before we get off on that topic, next Sunday I'll be talking to you from Boston. I think I'll be able to squeeze in uh, my normal time frame because I think there's a presidential forum going on um, <laughs> at noon, and none other than Gina McCarthy, uh, the former EPA director, is going to be the, the keynote speaker um, at the AVF convention, yeah, which kicks off next Sunday. So I should be able to be there for you on Sunday. 
Uh, and hopefully when I get there, uh, we won't have a nor'easter, which I don't think we will. So what's happening is the pattern is stuck in this very, very deep trough off the Pacific coast. Stormy weather keeps pushing into places like Oregon, Washington, northern sections of Idaho into Montana. And these clipper systems that keep coming through produce very little in the, in, in the way of precipitation, but a lot in the way of warming from a standpoint of seasonal warmth. So typically this time of the year, you're at about, about your coldest, 30 for a high, 15 for a low. And here we are, we keep seeing overnight lows of 25 to 30, and that's one way you obviously keep the ground warm, you keep the snow off of it. And it definitely looks like we'll be in this above-normal pattern for at least the next 10 to 14 days. And this is interesting because about two weeks ago, Peg, if you recall, you asked me, what does it look like for bird watching on the 1st of January? Mm -hmm. And it looked like we were going to be cold. I mean, it looked like we were going to be basically in the teens. There were teens close to us up in parts of northern Minnesota, Michigan, and also southern areas of Ontario. So it's not like the pattern is not figuring itself out. It's just about 500 miles further to the north. So, again, we keep seeing our winter weather almost act more like St. Louis and Memphis as opposed to Milwaukee, Madison, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I, we don't have a lot of time to discuss it, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about what's going on in Australia. Um, oh, it, God, yeah. Uh, that is, yeah I, it, the, more, know, the more I hear about it, the more horrific it is, and I just keep hearing more oh, yeah. and more stories. And, and as a meteorologist, you've got to be concerned about the whole continent. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is, I think I sent you a really great article. You can post it on your site if you haven't already about uh, the different places where the fires are. I think the New York Times always does a great job with their interactive maps. Um, it's basically two things. Um, it is pretty much an extremely long period of hot weather and an extremely long period of dry weather. Now, here's the caveat here. Usually when Australia, particularly eastern Australia, gets into a very dry pattern, it usually is on the backside of a very strong El Nino. So what happens is you get very strong upward motion on the eastern side of the Pacific, and on the western side of the Pacific, you get downward motion. Mike, this would be a situation during a strong El Nino. We're not even under a moderate El Nino. It's basically weak or neutral. So the fact that these things are occurring outside of the normal extreme climate events makes it kind of scary. So what would happen then if we get back into a really, really strong El Nino, you would have what, what's occurring right now, and times it probably by two. That's the scary part. Uh, we, uh, I tell you what, we'll talk about that in two weeks when you're on the show with your buddy John Lee. I think I'm really looking forward to that. I think we really have to go into detail. We'll, we're going to take the whole second hour and talk about climate issues with you and John, so that'll be great. Give us uh, like a 10-second forecast. Yeah, sure. Uh, Near 40 today, near 40 tomorrow, a little bit of wet snow on Tuesday, and then close to 50 on Thursday uh, with rain by the time we get to the end of the week. And with that, Mike, I'll talk to you next week from Boston. Have a great week, Mike and Ben. You too. All right. Until next time, go green or go home. It's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. 